It was Clinton Harrigan who heard it first, but I wasn't particularly surprised. It was always the devout Christian who seemed to catch the slightest, softest sounds on the air. I had been nodding drowsily in the corner of the room, reading by the pale, flickering light of a candle, when I saw the big, red-headed man lower his Bible and sit motionless, as though God was whispering in his ear. Then, quite deliberately, he carefully folded down a corner of the page he was reading and tucked the little book back into the pocket of his pants. He heaved himself up from the sofa and went to the window across the room, pressing his face close to the heavy curtain, his eyes vacant and remote. The big man listened for long, silent seconds and then turned back to me. Helicopter, he said. I sat up urgently. Helicopter, are you sure? Harrigan's expression remained as impassive as a carved block of granite. I'm sure. He ran a meaty hand through the red curls of his hair, and even in the gloom of guttering candlelight, I could see the steady glint in the gaze of the man's eyes. It's coming closer. Still a long way off, but definitely coming closer. Come and listen. I pushed myself out of the chair and went towards the window. In the twenty-three days since the zombie apocalypse had devastated the United States, the sounds of military defiance had become less with every passing day. In the first week, the army had been on the streets and the sound of gunfire roared through the night. Aircraft streaked high overhead and vapor trails crisscrossed the blue sky as Air Force jets flew missions further to the north. But as the days had become weeks, the sounds of resistance had grown less frequent and less determined, like the gasps of a strangling man choking on his last few precious shallow breaths. I went quietly across the room and Harrigan stood aside. I twitched the heavy curtains an inch apart and turned my head. I felt the cool of the night air radiating through the glass. From the corner of my eye, I saw Jed appear in the doorway that divided the room from the tiny kitchen. He had a cold can of beans in his hand, scooping the food into his mouth with his fingers. He leaned casually against the doorframe, his eyebrows raised in a silent question, but his attitude unreadable. I looked back to where Harrigan stood. I don't hear anything. Wait, Harrigan said. The sound is drifting on the wind. It comes and goes. Be patient. I frowned and wondered vaguely what the sound of an approaching helicopter might mean for the three of us. Did it mean the military were back on the offensive? Was this the start of a concerted effort to win back the southeast of the country? Or was it an evacuation? Was the helicopter a last, desperate flight to freedom before the entire country was overrun? What sort of helicopter could it be? Maybe it was transporting supplies and equipment. Maybe it was on a reconnaissance mission. The questions and possibilities were impossible to stop and equally impossible to answer. Then I heard the sound for myself. My eyes flashed with recognition. God alone knew why a helicopter would be flying over this desolate little town in the middle of rural Virginia, let alone flying at all. We hadn't seen a single sign of life in over a week, man, woman, or child. So a helicopter was cause for hope and utter confused incredulity. You hear it now, right? Harrigan asked grimly. I nodded my ears straining to keep the ethereal vague sound in contact as it eddied on the night air. I hear it, I whispered. Harrigan looked satisfied. 
His face was a craggy collection of features that had been assembled with no real care. His nose was the shape of a ripe plum and laced with the telltale veins of a man who had once been a heavy drinker. His eyes were dark little things that seemed to get lost between the pale flesh of his cheeks and the overhanging ridge of his brow. He went to the next window in the room and leaned close. It's definitely coming closer, Harrigan announced softly after another brief silent pause. But it doesn't sound right. It sounds to me like this, something wrong. The turbine, it sounds irregular. I couldn't hear any of that. All I could hear was the very distant thump of a helicopter, the sound without any definition or any sense of its location. But I didn't doubt Harrigan's judgment. I turned around and stared at Jed. It might be military, I said. Jed pushed himself casually away from the door and left the empty can of beans on a side table. He wiped his hands on the front of his denim jacket and then dragged the sleeve across his mouth. He winced suddenly and then said, So? So it might be a way out for us. Jed grunted and then belched. He got the taste of it on his breath before he went on. And it might not.